0: Not only did is my internet dead, but we were like, "Hey, let's do it on the phone, right?" So I went and got my phone, and it has you know like ten percent battery, and I was like, "Yeah, love that, perfect." Mm-hmm. So now I am, I'm, I'm like, it feels like the old days when you had to like try to get a TV signal, so you were like wearing a you know tinfoil hat, standing on one leg, <laughs> holding the. That's what I'm doing with all these different devices, trying to make this uh, recording happen tonight. So it's uh, it'll be interesting. We'll see how it goes. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. But
1: technology is, you know, it's great when it feels like working, and then the rest of the time, it's what we normally have.
0: Right. It's a blessing and a curse. (sighs) All right. Well, let's hit an intro. Let's jump into it. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognize the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The do podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair and join the conversation. Okay, man. Have you, uh, have you had anything good to drink lately? You know, I, uh, it's kind of one of those
1: things where, you know how when you haven't gone shopping for a while, um... On like the beverage front, at least, and then you go looking in the fridge, and you find there's like one or two strays left over from three or four different six packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's kind of been my life uh, since I got back from Europe for the most part. Um, okay, but yeah, I did find I had a couple of uh, Ho Gardens in my fridge, which made me very happy because they're a you know really nice Belgian wit. Uh, I know I've talked about them on here before, mm-hmm. so I won't waste a whole lot of time on it. But when it's still a hundred degrees and now actually like humid as well as hot out here, yes, it was a it was a nice refreshing drink.
0: Nice, yeah. I'm uh I'm still in the mood for lights too, and and I I definitely know that story about having the randos built up in the refrigerator because like I do those <laughs> sampler packs, you know, so like uh-huh. that is literally my life of just like drinking all the good ones, and then you're like, well, uh, I got a bunch of these here, I'll figure something out, I guess. Yeah, but,
1: I will say that is the the nice thing about having the strays left over from a salt from a sixer of the same thing, as mm-hmm. opposed to a sampler pack, mm-hmm. is yeah. that. Like there's there were no throw ins yeah. in the middle of my mix.
0: Yes, that that is that is a nice that is nice. I do hate the <laughs> throw ins. Like, why can't you just make a sampler pack of beers that don't suck? It's always like, here's one that you like and three that maybe. You know, <laughs> can you just make a sampler pack of the ones that I do like? But, oh well. The, the one you want to buy
1: and the three that we want to sell.
0: <laughs> exactly right. Oh man. So I actually had something uh, interesting. I know now like I I'm official on it. Like I've thought it before, but now I'm I'm completely official is that uh Czech Pilsners are probably like my favorite light beer. You know, like okay. lighter in color cuz like I am a dark beer guy, right? But the Sure. I had a, another Czech Pilsner this weekend and I was like, "Yep. Yep, this is this is fantastic. I really like, cause it's, it's light and crisp, but then it's kind of like peppery. I don't mm. know how mm. to describe it, but it, it is, it is really peppery. And I really, I like it. I like it a lot, man. And, and the only one I've really had was Dubina, which is thrown carried on for a little while when they took over, but they haven't brewed that, that check in a long time. And this one was completely different. I was down at, Ground control. So they had. I don't even remember who the brewer was, but uh, yeah, man, I I really, I really dig them. It kind of goes with like my Malbec, where I like, I like wine, but I really like this black pepper note that comes in on these things. I don't know what my fascination with black pepper is, but it's there. (laughs) So you know, like that's kind of
1: the thing, though, is the same flavors are gonna hit people differently, and like you found one you really like. I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah,
0: it's cool. Now the hard bar is just finding them, you know, because it's it's a it's a it's a for real style. They just don't. Yeah. We just don't have them around here all that much. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of one of those things where, um, especially when you're getting more specialized, kind of a regional specialization in a beer, mm-hmm. um, it makes it that much tougher to find locally because. You'll find tons of things that are called pilsners, but are they aiming for the Czech style? Are they aiming right. for a German pills? Right. Like what, what is it that they're really going for?
0: Yeah. But so yeah. So anyway, it, it was good, man. And then we were actually lucky. We uh, were sitting there and the lady had a mispore. And so she was like, well, rather than throwing it away, I just looked around and said, who do I think would enjoy these? And so she came and dropped off two more and she was like, they're free. I was like, fantastic. <laughs> my favorite flavor, my favorite flavor. <laughs> and, uh, I'm pretty sure it was an IPA of some sort. She didn't tell me what it was. Uh, we were recording in the time she's dropped them off. And so, uh, but I'm very confident it was an IPA. I just don't know what, which one or what it was or anything, but it was, <laughs> it was good. And, and, uh, it's a cool place. Have you ever been? It's way way out west, but ground control is uh I have not. So it's super local. The guys really known for for having a good selection of beer, but they also make a they make all their food in house. Uh they roast their own coffee. They have a good wine selection and they kind of he's kind of like a jack of all trades. I mean, he he literally has everything packed into this little restaurant. So it's Nice. Yeah, it's a neat little place. It's it's a cool spot. So Yeah, but all right. So, so we were uh, talking. We've had this weird combination here of like travel, and then because you were traveling, we were doing the love podcasts. Yep. And it really kind of uh, worked out for me because when I got back from travel, like one of the things that we were talking about was prayer on travel. And if, you know, if we're tossing it out the window when we travel, then it's probably not important to us type of a thing. And, and we want prayer to be like this outpouring of love. Like out of this love for God, we then do these things like prayer. type Like it's kind of the compulsion from love. And, and been thinking about that a lot. And then I wanted to ask too, like how did – I mean you guys sound like you guys even went to church on – on vacation, like was the prayer and all that stuff still in place or did some of it go by the wayside or did you make intentional choices throughout that?
1: So some of it definitely went by the wayside. Um, you know, we were, uh, we were, we made it to mass on Sundays and things like that. And, you know, we did like grace before meals and that kind of stuff. But my, um, my day to day prayer routine definitely took a hit, Yeah. Which Um, hit me a little bit um, especially because we had just before I left been having those conversations (laughs) about like the importance of prayer and scheduling on vacation I was like oh yeah this is um, this is more of that proof as if any was needed that the gap between what I know I ought to do and my actual follow through just as present as it's ever been
0: it's so real yeah okay all right well that's not supposed to, but it makes me feel better. Um Hey
1: man, look, it, there's nothing wrong with <laughs> like acknowledging that we take comfort in knowing we're not the only ones messing up. Like
0: Oh man. As but, long as
1: you're not wishing for me to fall away from God, I true, think we're okay if we're true. just taking comfort in the idea that okay, that's we fair. both have this similar struggle.
0: <laughs> um, but the, the one of the thoughts that's really been stuck with me is this the idea and and it's not original from our conversation, you know, like I mean it's in every youth group and in every church, I think, too. The the idea that we we are motivated by our love for God by our and it's like a an outpouring type of a thing. Like it it starts with the love and then that love flows out into action type of a thing. And yeah. And I don't think that's wrong by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we're we're an orthodoxy not an orthopraxy so it makes sense to be kind of inward focused and then externalize the inward so all of that makes sense to me but it when it comes to like the rubber hitting the road it doesn't compute for me like almost at all and Mm -hmm. i'm and it's weird because and I'm wondering if it's maybe like a concept of love. Like I know we've worked through the four loves, and I have all of these like cerebral understandings of different forms of love. Yeah. But but like when you really think of like what does love look like? Like what? Like if I'm gauging it, if I'm trying to measure it, what does it look like? And I I think I have this like the notebook view of what love is supposed to look like, where it's like all mushy and and. Uh, poetic and stuff, and that doesn't resonate with me like at all. Does that make sense? Yeah, and
1: I think... No, no, absolutely. That that totally makes sense. Um, well, actually, I'm going to pull back from saying it totally makes sense, because I have to admit, I've still never seen The Notebook. I, I've got, like, a general idea of what that means, and that still makes sense to me, that that would be something that doesn't necessarily resonate. Right. Um, I think... So... This is a huge step down from talking about the four loves, like with C.S. Lewis and his input. Mm -hmm. But there's another book about love that was very popular for quite a while and did still have some truth to it, even if it was operating at a very different level. That idea of like the five love languages or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, that idea of like people show their love in different ways and people need to be shown love in different ways. There are like primary ways that we connect with it. In ways that like other people do. And so we need to be like trying to recognize that so we can demonstrate our love in a way that they understand as well. But like, yeah, I, I think that very kind of uh romantic, poetic style of love, I get that it's not something that necessarily resonates with you. I think the problem in general is this idea of us needing to have a definition for love or, like you said, a measurement for love mm. that applies universally.
0: Yeah, that's probably right. And that, and that's kind of that, that Hollywood measuring stick, right? Like where Hollywood sure. has depicted it so many times and so consistently because it sells so consistently and they're going to continue to... Pre- I mean, the Hallmark Channel literally has one storyline and they just do it over and over and over again. And, and it works because people, I keep thought
1: you were just going to say the, the Hallmark channel exists and leave that as your uh, proof <laughs> of concept. <just> but. Exists.
0: <laughs> but, but, you know, like it, it really is. It's, it's a, it's a big broad brush. And like, I, so like, I remember, so I still struggle with like the, like my understanding of love and what it looks like and, and what it means to love. Uh, but my best example I remember was uh, actually back when I was dating my wife, or my now wife. I was not, you know, whatever, uh, semantics. <laughs> we, got we got you. But, uh, you know, like it was weird. We actually broke up for a little while. It was like a month or something like that. And it was because this whole idea that like, like you want me to say like I, I love you, but like I don't, my, when I say that, it doesn't look like what all these people look like. It doesn't look like maybe what even you're expecting, what I think you're expecting. And I, I was projecting by, by far, I was projecting on sure. her. And, and I was like, so like, I, I, I don't feel the way that it looks like I'm supposed to feel. So like, I, I can't say that anymore. Like, I feel like I'm being inconsistent. I'm being un, untrue um, by saying it because what it looks like it's supposed to be. I don't look like that and I don't feel that way. Like I don't, there's not a mushy bone in my body, man. Like I'm, I'm really not that way. And so, you know, like I, I told her and, and we actually broke up for a little while. I was like, because I, I can't, I can't say that with a, with a um clear conscience anymore just because it right. doesn't make sense to me. And what I, what I'm supposed to look and feel like what I think isn't real. And then that's kind of, translate it up to, to God, too, because I see a lot of these, you know, like, like I mean, you're at church, and you see people worshiping, and you see these outpourings, and you know, like, I've had experience, religious experiences and things like that, but, like, it's, it doesn't, like, my faith walk and my love for God doesn't look like what it seems like it's supposed to look like, and so then it makes me think, like, well, maybe, then I, I'm not quite in the same spot. Maybe I don't actually love God the way that I'm supposed to. And, and does that make sense? Like how, like that, my, my reasoning is kind of going, it doesn't look like what other people's love for God looks like. So then maybe it's not love. Well, and that's why like, you remember me saying me about being at feeling like I'm an employee of God. Yes. That yes, the, I do. I, it's going hand in hand. Like it, this is me building on all of these things in working through them, so it, that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, and I think so. The only reason I hesitated to say that it makes sense is because, like, on the one hand, it makes sense in terms of like what you're saying is like intelligible. Like I can right hear the words made and sentences can and you could understand. Them. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Like, so I feel like I know what you're saying in general, but. In terms of does it make sense, like, no, sorry, like, it doesn't make sense. And and But here's why, like, and I, I'm going to go ahead and lean on your experience, both as a husband and as a parent. You and your wife both love your daughters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is there, like, even a tiny shred of doubt that both of you love your daughters?
0: Right. No, Is I would there
1: say no. Like, is there actually, like, a competition, like, one of you loves them more than the other one does? No. Yeah. Of course not. Because you both love your daughters. Now, at the same time, the way you interact with your daughters and the way you show your daughters love, is it the same way that your wife does?
0: Right. No. Not at all.
1: And so, like, that's what I mean when I say like it makes sense in terms of I understand the concept of what you're saying and even applying it in that very human level. Like it still makes sense as an intellectual concept. There's one of it. it's one of those things where we can get very, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but it's the closest one I can come up with when we watch the way someone else Interacts with someone we love and we're like, oh, man, I wish I could say things to them that way. I wish I could express myself that way to them. You know, whether it's words or actions, whatever it right. is, like, man, mm-hmm. if I could just because I know I feel the same thing they do. I know that like and feel not in like that mushy emotional sense, but like resonating in the core of who I am. Right. There is this thing here, which I know is what they're demonstrating right now. And man, I wish I could show it that way. And like, I think there's a, uh, like a very real temptation to focus on what other people can do in comparison to what we can't or what we don't feel like we can.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's so true. so when we're
1: looking at that relationship with God, yeah, no, I'm I'm very much with you in terms of I have had some really amazing experiences where like I have genuinely felt God and I've had some of those like kind of mountain peak type experiences mm-hmm. where I just, I feel like I absolutely know God is with me in that moment. Um, but I don't have many of them. And I would say based on my in no way exhaustive, but, you know, it's it's not insignificant study of the lives of the saints. That's been most of their experiences, too. Yeah. Like they have moments, these moments of deep consolation where uh, God allows them this glimpse into the reality beyond what we're able to like see in our daily lives. And they're able to experience that peace and that consolation, that n- Real knowledge of God. But that's not most of their lives. Yeah. And, you know, some of them really had intense struggles trying to reconcile those high moments with the periods of, like, quiet. The Having had an experience like that. yeah, Yeah. Having had those mountaintop experiences really makes the mundane seem a lot more so than even they were before.
0: Hmm. yeah you actually bring up like that's an excellent comparison because and that and that might be a sticking point is that i feel like in the so maybe in just terminology or experiences those mountaintop experiences is kind of like that pinnacle where we're like oh this is what love feels like or this is what love mm-hmm. is but it doesn't feel it it's a peak it's a, it's there for just a moment and i think about that like again for my my marriage again having kids i think kids is a very different type of thing because it sure. the love for kids feels almost like genetic like i like i couldn't <laughs> stop even if i wanted to you know type of like right. i i don't know i feel like it's different but but you know like with my wife there there were moments yeah where you are like this is awesome um but the majority of the time it's not an outpouring of of this emotion inside of me but it's a it's a more of a constant choice of loyalty okay you know and like you're like you're choosing like i'm going to be loyal like i'm committed i made a commitment and i'm owning my commitment and sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's great and then sometimes you do have those peak feelings of you know the the pinnacles and the emotions and stuff like that but there's but there's a lot more mundane than there are mountaintop experiences. And so then I feel like maybe I'm judging the, the majority by the minority, right? Like the majority of my mundane experience where like life is really lived out Yeah, in comparison to the pinnacle well, or the peak.
1: And, and I would say that's probably a true thing that's happening. And I think it's another one of those things where having that awareness and like, trying to account for it is a good thing, but not something to beat yourself up over. And I would also say right. that like, it's important to remember that those mountaintop experiences, even when you kind of come down and are back in the mundane, that doesn't mean you've gone back to the same level. Uh, I'm going to use in keeping <sighs> with our statement that both of us kind of struggle with the like uh more, Almost sappy emotional side of love and romance. I'm going to go ahead and prove that point completely by the analogy that has popped into my head that I'm going to use. I apologize to everyone for what I'm about to do, but I, I, I can't help it. It, like, it. It's. I'm. Ah, gosh, I'm embarrassed that I'm even about to say this. But okay, let's just pull the. But you're you have committed. You got to go now, man. I, I
0: can't. I got to hear it now. So,
1: gas prices. They, they i know oh so romantic I, like i said man like i said i'm i'm here i'm here to just drag us into the pits of the mundane at this point um but no like gas prices you know they they go up and they come down they go up and they come down but what we've all noticed with growing fear, terror and trepidation on a good day trepidation is the fact that Like, as they come down, they don't go down to where they were before. Mm -hmm. They come down from the peak. But then the next time they peak, it's a higher peak than it was on the last peak. And when they start to come down again, it's not as low as the valleys were before it. And so the comparison to me is like, so love is the good version of that. Like, you have those mountaintop experiences where you're at this incredible high place if it's something that is real and we genuinely experience that and we really internalize it it doesn't change the fact that we're going to come down off the mountain but that level of our love in our mundane normal day-to-day circumstances is higher than it was before we went up to that peak
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then the next time god's like okay you you're, you're dragging. I can see, I'm going to have to let you peek behind the curtain again here. Like we go to an even higher point than we had been on that last mountaintop experience. It might not feel like it because the gap in between the mountain peaks, the height might not be as vast. You know what I mean? But like, right. Right. It's still ultimately, if it's real, it's still an upward trajectory. We're still growing closer to God as we do it, even in the ups and downs. And I do think it is the same way, like even when you talk about this idea of in that mundane, so much of it is like your commitment and keeping your word and fulfilling that. Okay, and that's awesome. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And it's important to acknowledge that that's what it is. But it still brings it back to a question. Why did you make that commitment in the first place?
0: Yeah. Like, I didn't, didn't anticipate you asking me that question. Well, no, no. Like, and I, and <laughs> no, I'm not no, it's a good question, an though. Answer, but like, an important <laughs> but, thing to think about. Like, there- but it, no, but it's a, like, I remember making the decision. But, but again, like, for me, I made a decision. Um, Like, I didn't feel like it was like a, you're like, oh, man, I'm just so in love with her. Like, I I got to make her my wife. No, no, no. You know, I, I got to put in a ring TV on it. One. Like, I didn't have <laughs> – I didn't – I know. You didn't
1: go full Beyonce on it. Got you.
0: No, not at all. It, you know, but I was just like – um, I don't well, – I don't – it's really hard to explain because it was almost – it just made – so much sense like it was it was like one of those things that was so logical that would be stupid not to do it like it just made sense
1: absolutely and
0: then i'm and then i i was like okay and then when i committed i was committed
1: sure but what i want i guess so i should put a little more context around my question because like for one thing if your wife does happen to listen to this, if your wife does happen to listen to this, I really don't want her to think that it came cuz like in my head after I said it, I was like, "Oh, that sounds like I just said, and why the heck did you choose that?" I that which is not my intention at all. <laughs> but what I meant was like if we look back on it, there are a lot of people who you've interacted with and you could mm-hmm. have chosen to make that commitment to others as well. Right? But you didn't. Right. But with your wife, you did. And there's a reason for that. Now, and again, it's not necessarily uh, – I'm not even intending to suggest that if we just dig deep enough, we're going to find that like really mushy, romantic in the at the core in your nougat there. But like – Yeah. I- I'm not trying to say that. But what I am saying is that on some level, there is so- – there was something about your wife that you were drawn to – In a way that you weren't with anyone else that led you to making that commitment. When you say it was so logical, okay, that's fine. There's certainly nothing wrong with Mm. that. Again, I wouldn't recommend trying to write a a greeting card out of it or anything, but like, you know, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that being your experience or your memory of it. But again, I would say the follow up is what made it logical. There was something in your experiences with her. There was something in your relationship with her that made it obvious to you this is the person who I want to make this lifelong commitment to. And again, because right. you are so kind of logical and like thorough and thought out rather than emotional, there's a tremendous amount of meaning in that. Like, You didn't make that commitment without thinking about the fact, you know, there are going to be some times where this is really going to suck. Mm -hmm. You know, you were aware of that, like not perfectly aware, but you knew that was a thing that was going to be coming down the pipe. And you were still like, you know what, though, for this woman and for our life together. Yeah, I should still do that. Yeah. And so I think if I were going to try, you know, go for it.
0: No, I was going to say, like, I, I'm I'm thinking back to it. And I think you're right when you're thinking about, you know, like, okay, it made sense. Why did it make sense? And I feel like I remember, I don't feel like that, that's stupid. I'm just trying to be, you know, ease my way into the conversation. So, like, I remember that I've always struggled with these terms, like I said, because I, I had such a hard understanding of what love was and because I felt like I didn't. Even when I made the commitment, I never once felt like I was this mushy person that I was supposed to be, and so I found I found myself like re or using different terms, mm-hmm. um, or and I'm probably just using different terms for the same things because I associated a particular meaning uh, to those words, and so sure. like you know there was I mean like she was my best friend type of a thing. Like it was that, that person that you could be with forever and it didn't ever get old, you know, like it didn't get boring or anything like that. And so like having a best friend, like I I don't have a lot of friends. And so like having a best friend was something that was higher than what I had had before. Right. right? Because like I, when we got married, I mean, I literally had zero friends, (laughs) you know? So, um, and so it meant something different to me, to have a best friend or, you know, like a a level up above what most people would call a best friend because that was, again, something that you would choose loyalty to and loyalty is something that I valued so much. And so you're right. Like, I think there was there was something there, but I think I associated it to different terminology Mm -hmm. because I was like fighting against this understanding of the the norm Of of the normal word, if that makes sense.
1: No, it does. And I think, you know, as we kind of start to wrap it up, I I think that kind of brings it back to what I would say is kind of the life lesson on this is being careful about letting other people define what you're supposed to look like, you know, Mm -hmm. because like this idea, think about how easy it would have been. For you to have missed out on these blessings that God had in store for you with your wife and your daughters, if because you were so if you had been even more rigid in your understanding of what love is, than you were like if you had been slightly more rigid in that you might have thought, oh, okay, well, so then this is I I would love to have this person just be my best friend, but they're looking for something more than that. I, I guess that means we've got to go our separate ways. It would have been very, it would have been a very simple thing for you to have done that and look at all that you would have missed if that had been what you had done. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so making sure that, you know, don't worry about whether your reasoning makes sense to someone else, you know, Hmm. whether so you made the commitment because to you it made sense. There were all these things that fit about. You and your wife together, where it was like, you know what? No, this is something that will work, and this is something that I should commit myself to to make it work. And it doesn't really matter whether anyone other than you, your wife, and God thought that reasoning was sufficient. Right. And so making sure, right. like, it, there's that delicate balance between getting input from people we trust and letting even people who we love and trust. And who are doing so with the absolute best of intentions, letting them decide things for us is a completely different story.
0: Right. And I, I think we do that too on a more passive way, too. You know, like like we were just saying, being at church and letting the person next to you who's singing and crying and doing all of that stuff define what worship looks like. Or social media. You see these people on social media and letting them and their existence define what it means to be healthy, or what it means to be religious, or what it means to be faithful. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just by compare by by comparison. Yeah. You know, like I, I think there is an active of letting somebody kind of like influence your your mind intentionally, but then also the passively thing too.
1: I think that's and a really I think that's where con- connection to. Make. I think
0: that's where I was too. Is just like I let all of these passive preconceptions build up. And then now I had this definition that didn't make sense. And then I was trying to r- operate within a world where my definition didn't make sense. And, and I think that's my life lesson as I head into it is that, you know, building on top of what you said, cause it's going to be kind of more of the same is just like I, cause I'm, I'm still stuck in the terminology, right? Like I, yeah. I, I get so caught up on the words and, and, and maybe what I'm coming to grips with is that the words don't matter quite as much, you know? So like if you were to make me choose between love and loyalty, like I would choose loyalty every time Mm. Um, because it means more to me, you know, it means that there's all of these, there's all these value systems that are built in behind it. And then there's a conscious choice to be faithful forever. And that's probably how the majority of most people define love, right? Yeah. But like I've just in my brain, I I have screwed that word up so much that I, I've kind of used a different word. And there's some reconciliation that I'm gonna have to do with my own terminology because, you know, love is kind of the language of the Bible with the uh God is love type of a thing. You know, it it's it's a pretty pretty big theme that I'm gonna have to reconcile. Uh <laughs> yeah, hard to work but, your way around it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that that the thing that you said about um you know, not letting anybody d- define what it looks like for you and the love language. And, and kind of all the things we've been saying is that we're all different and our interactions with God are going to be different. Our interactions with people are going to be different and they're, they're supposed to be different and they're supposed to look different. If we were all exactly the same, it would be so boring and, and not particularly interesting and, and we wouldn't be unique yeah, so I, I there's a lot of value in being unique and your expression being different and that justifies not letting somebody else define it for you. You kind of gotta find your own way there. I mean, definitely model learning from people sure. is huge, but then find your own find your own feet underneath you, your own expression and and work your faith that way, I think
1: yeah, absolutely man. I mean, because ultimately, To try and do things the exact same way as someone else does is a rejection of the gift that is uh, or a rejection of God's design and his decision to create you unique and different from everyone else. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I've told students a lot of times is if God wanted to, he could have created every man to be like Joseph and every woman to be like Mary. He didn't. Mm -hmm. Not because by me not being Joseph, I'm holier than Joseph, but because by my striving to get close to God, different aspects of who God is can be revealed than would be revealed just through Joseph's life and example.
0: Hmm. I like that. The variety reveals different aspects. Yeah. That yeah, infinite God like that is not going to
1: be understood from one perspective.
0: Right, 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 right. Oh, I like that a lot. That was good. That was really good. Nice. Very nice. Well, again, I like I was joking because I was recording this weekend and I took the opportunity to, to like, here, we're in the middle of this interview talking about you. And I'm going to ask questions about me because I'm <laughs> selfish that way. So like I, I use this podcast as like my own like therapy couch here. So but anyway, these are just the things that I'm working through and you know, what man, I, like they make for good conversation. And so. it's not
1: just for you, though. Like that's that's the thing is like uh it's really these conversations and these questions really do help me as well. Cause like I get to dive deeper in some things, you know, there have been some things where we've talked about them and like, Oh, you know what? This was an assumption that had been like lurking in the underside of my mind for years. And now I actually understand what I think and why I think it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. why I need to shift that a little bit.
0: Right. Right. I hear you. Love it. Love it. All right, folks. Well, we're uh, we're heading back into school. AJ's back into school. Yep. I'm, I'm about to boot my kids out the door here <laughs> pretty soon and send them back to school. And so uh, if you are in need of some coffee to help get you either through your school day or your work day or the hecticness of getting kids out the front door, um, we sell coffee, and that's how you support this podcast. So if you would like some delicious coffee to help you get you through your day, uh, go to inkledoo.com. We got the shop there. We got our blogs there where we, we write, put out a blog every Friday. You can buy some coffee. Uh, would love to support your day in that way. And we would love for your support of the podcast. And uh, you got anything else on your brain there, AJ? No, nah, man. I'm good. Right on, right on. With that, we'll say adieu.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to another InkleDo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well.